Molly, we're can you believe it? Week four. I cannot believe we've already done this. This is our fourth time doing this. You know, I hope by now we've got it down. If people are still hanging around, this might be the best yet. Well, or the worst. <laughs> we'll see. We'll, we'll see. see. We'll let the people decide. We'll let the people decide. You all can vote. Um, so yeah, the, uh, let me, why don't actually, why don't you kick us off today? Awesome. So for those of you who haven't uh, seen us before or hung out with us before, my name is Molly Grisham. I work as an experiential facilitator. So I help people with things like leadership development and team building and general culture issues. And one of the ways I help people do that is with personality assessments. Jason and I met in a mastermind and we hit it off and said, we've got some similar interests. Why don't we have some conversations around personality assessments? So I'll kind of be the interviewer today and Jason will be talking a lot today, but Jason, for our friends that don't know you, do you want to give a a brief introduction? Yeah, I can feel my seats already getting a little warm. I can only imagine what you're going to come at me with today. Yeah, um, I'm Jason Frizzell and um, I'm an executive and leadership coach and I'm actually also, this is a major title. I'm a Gallup Global Strengths Coach. Wow. What that means is I've spent a significant amount of time, energy, and resources to get certified in what we're going to talk about today. So I'm not a, I'm not, uh, I'm not making it up as I go along. Awesome. I mean, some, awesome. I, some of it I will make up. As we talk about my Clifton Strengths, it's actually one of the things I'm better at. So I will make up some stuff, but I actually know a little bit about what I'm going to be talking about today. So um, that's me. And um, yeah, I'm ready to I'm ready to kick it off today. Are you? Yeah, I am. So this is our fourth of four sessions. Although I'm open to what future conversations might come, but for now, our fourth of four. So we started off with Myers Briggs in our first week, and yep. I kind of gave my expertise on that. That's the one that I'm certified in, and like you, have spent a lot of time studying. And then you focused on DISC for us as well. And that's a tool that you use quite often. And then I covered the Enneagram last week. And now we're diving into this Clifton Strengths. A lot of what a lot of people call it Strengths Finder. I think either of those names describes the same thing. And so that's we're going to dive in today and learn from you about this option as a assessment that can help us accelerate our personal growth and hopefully make us all a little bit more productive and healthier people as we navigate the world. So I'm curious as we get started, can you tell us what is it about this tool that you thought, yeah, I want to make an investment in this. I want to get certified in this. I want to learn about this particular tool because as we've talked about, there's a lot of tools and a lot of options out there, but what was it about this that stood out for you? Yeah. Um, I think, the, well, to, just to give a tiny bit, tiny bit of background, the methodology and the Clifton Strengths is a brand. It's owned by Gallup, the big mm-hmm. polling company. I think they have 1,500 employees. So, you know, you see these um, like political, like the Gallup poll, that's the same company who owns this. So first of all, it's just like for Myers-Briggs, just like for DISC, it comes from a very reputable Mm -hmm. company in the marketplace. The reason that I decided to get certified in it is because I love it. And I took it in 2010. And then I took it again in, um, I think it was January 
for whatever reason, I just took it and I'm like, oh, I forgot how much I like this tool. Mm. And I just kind of put two and two together. Like, oh, this is something that I can use in my practice and I can coach people on this tool specifically, or I can incorporate it into a larger body of work. The other thing I like about it is it's very well known. It's like Myers Briggs. Mm-hmm. Most people have heard of Myers Briggs. Most people have heard of. Well, it's funny you bring up Clifton Strengths versus Strengths Finder. So there was a book written called Strengths Finder 2.0, and it was kind of the companion to this methodology. Most people know this is Strengths Finders. For whatever reason, in 2018, the powers that be decided to name this Clifton Strengths. Clifton is um, Don Clifton was the in the inventor of this methodology. He was a, he was a doc, uh, doctor. I don't know if he was a psychologist or what, I, and I want to say from the sixties or seventies, but he kind of came up with the 34 strengths that we're going to talk about. And it was just renamed to Clifton strengths. So you hear this a lot. People are like, Oh, you know, strengths finder. I'm like, yeah, it's yes. Clifton strengths, strength finder, same thing. It's officially called Clifton strengths now. So strengths finder does not exist as a brand name to anything new. And if somebody's like, hey, I want to do Strengths Finder, whatever you, I know exactly what they're talking about. And yeah. there's 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 a book out there about it called Strengths Finder 2.0 that was written like 10 to 15 years ago. Okay. So when you first took this, I think you said in 2010 ish. Yes. Yep. What was it about that experience that caused that light bulb moment for you where you said, This makes sense to me? I get this. Yeah. I'm a big fan of um, I'm a big fan of labeling, not as a stereotype, but as a way to, and I think we talked about this with you and Myers-Briggs is that I like, I like putting my, my, um, my, like a flag pulled down. I'm like, Oh, this is me. And having ways to describe that aren't, that aren't my own. So for, and this is what, as we're going to talk about today, this is specifically what Clifton Strengths does. And so what excited me about it? Well, it was funny. I always like to tell this, uh, 2010, I was in direct, I was in sales. Like I worked at, I actually worked at AT AT&T at the time. My number one strength was competition, Mm. which is not my number one strength anymore. We'll talk about, we'll talk about how things can move up and down a little bit. But when I saw that, I'm like, I'm like, yeah, that, that, that makes a lot of sense. And it gave me a way to, um, scientifically and objectively describe what I know to be true about myself. Hmm. So I find, I find this to be the very similar, um, very similar to Myers-Briggs, not so similar to Enneagram or DISC as much, but Myers-Briggs for more personality, Clifton strengths for specifically for the things you're best at. I find it's like, Hey, like, Oh, I'm high in learner. I'm low in, I'm low in restorative. That makes sense. And then together you and I could have a discussion, which I know you've got your report. I've got my report as well. Or if we had a team of people, we can look at each other's strengths and go, Hey, we got a lot of people that are great in strategic thinking and almost nobody yeah. who's good at executing. Yeah. We might want to add somebody who's executing to this project we're working on. So, and we'll, we'll cover off on all this today, but I, I also just think it's um, the last thing I'll say about this, Molly, it's, it is backed up by a ton of data. So I was just mm-hmm. looking at the, the most recent numbers I saw on the Gallup site is I believe that Clifton strengths slash strengths fighter has now been taken by almost 26 million people. That's a lot of data that you can yeah. do a lot of cool stuff with. Yeah. I like Myers-Briggs has a lot of data behind it. Mm-hmm. DISC has a lot of data, but Clifton Strengths, I mean, you, when you consider 26 individual people who've taken this assessment and what that tells you about humanity, that that's pretty mm-hmm. cool. Yeah, so that's I, awesome. Yeah. 
So for someone that's watching or listening, who's never taken this assessment, tell me a little bit about what are they going to get out of it? It, So with Myers-Briggs, you're going to get four letters. With DISC, you're going to get one letter. What what is that process? I I decide I want to do this. What does it kind of spit out for me? Yeah. Well, let me, let me actually cover for anybody listening. If you want to do this, it's a little bit different as well. In terms of Myers-Briggs, you want to go to Molly to take a Myers-Briggs assessment. DISC, you can take some free ones online as I covered two weeks ago. And the kind of DISC work that I do, you I would, you can't get the DISC reports that I do. You have to come for me. Clifton Strengths is $49.99 on the Gallup website. If I'm if I'm doing this with clients, I get a I get a, a discount. It's like a ten dollar discount, so it's not a big deal. But this is publicly available. So for anybody listening who's like, oh, I just want to take it, it's fifty dollars. You don't, I don't make any money on it. Molly's not going to make any money. Yeah. You go out, you take it, and then you get your report. And what you get is a list. Um, so there's thirty four strengths, and you have them ranked from one to thirty four. And that is the output of this. And then behind that, you get a ton of information, especially about your top 10, ton of information. And one of the things that I really like about what Gallup has done with these reports is your top five are actually individualized to you based on what is in your top 10. So if, if my number one, like, well, Molly, what's your number one strength on your report? My number one is in an election. Yeah. It's probably number 31 or something. <laughs> no surprise based on what we're talking about. So your intellection on your, if you've taken this report recently, your -hmm. intellection, and they say like, Hey, what, what is unique about your intellection? It's unique based on what else is in your top five. So you're, if Mm -hmm. like, let's say I was number one in intellection, my report would not be the same, which is really cool. So it's actually very customized to you as Molly, to me as mine. And how does intellection interact with what's your, what's your number two? Learner. Yeah. So your intellection and your learner, because I mean, that makes perfect sense your uniqueness is going to be reflected in your report. So if your intellection and your number two is something like self-assurance, mm-hmm. you would have a different output of that. Um, so so yeah. you're saying that the words that are in my top five aren't changing, but the descriptions uh, that come with that change based on how those things kind of dance together. Exactly. So, okay. yeah. So um, I'm looking at my report here right now. Let me fix my collar. And it says why your blank is unique. So yours would say why your intellection is unique. Mm-hmm. And then they will give you a bunch of boxes of why these are unique, but for you mm. and your intellection is going to be different than everybody else's. I think um, if I'm not mistaken, I found this interesting. If I'm not mistaken, it you have like a one, oh, I'm going to get this wrong. There's like a one in 29 point something million chance of getting the same 34 as somebody and having the same top 10 is like statistically it it's only happened a few times in the same order. Wow. Yeah. So like, even though you might have people in the same top 10, yeah. having them in the same order, it's, it's only happened a few times because hmm. there's so much variability, especially, in, and especially the way the, you've seen the way the assessment is actually structured. There's so much variability in the way you answer the questions that I can see why it would be almost impossible to replicate that with somebody else. So that. I think just kind of peaks something for me. And I think we'll get to this, but 
with this assessment, there's four kind of categories yeah. of where these words fall. So executing, influencing, relationship building, and strategic thinking. So as I've shared with you before in my top 10, six of my top 10 are strategic thinking. Like I'm heavy on strategic thinking. So what I hear you saying is I could have an election as my number one, which is strategic thinking. And then I have a lot more strategic thinking. You could have an election as your number one, but let's say you have a lot of relationship building. How those do how those show up in the world are going to be very different because we're not just looking at that's my number one and your number one. We're off and running. We've got the same number one. So we must be able to work together because we're looking at like the whole pie of those top five rather than just that one piece. Is that correct? Yeah, that's exactly right. So you're looking at it as a data set, not as an individual. Got it. One of the really cool things that we, I got through my training, I got two really cool pieces of data. And for somebody who's high in intellection and learner, are you high in input as well? Uh, that's number six. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Um, <laughs> in, well, input means that you like to collect, you just like to collect information. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of the things that they said that I have, that's really cool that I'll share with you is if everybody who'd ever taken this, it was one human, what would their, what would their one through 34 be? And the number of, and the way that they've decided that is the number of times that this shows up in somebody's top five. So at the time, the data set was like 23 and a half million. And you can see it from one to 34. If all of us were this one person, what would it be? The second one that they, and um, piece of information I have is if intellection is in your top five, how likely, what is the other thing that is most likely to be in your top five? Oh, okay. And what is the thing that is least likely to be in your top five? And that can be interesting because every now and again, you see somebody with a least likely in their top five. Mm. And that is a great place to coach to of like, this is what you would call your, your Marvel superpower. You're like, well, you've got something that's really unique because you actually are like, like, for example, to be high in intellection and also be like really high in an influencing theme. Mm. Like, and you don't have any influence in your top five, do you? Uh, I have maximizer as number three. Well, that makes sense. So yeah, we'll talk a little bit about that, but that's but the, it. Yeah. yeah. Um, to have those would make it very, very unique. Hmm. So this is all, this is what I mean by the data. There's just a ton of really cool ways you can slice and dice this data to look at yeah. with, um, potential people around that. And yeah, so you're right. Let me just reiterate this again. There are four, the terminology is called the theme. Okay. Four themes, executing, influencing relationship building and strategic thinking inside of those themes are strengths. And that is how, that is the terminology you use. So um, I have a couple. So for me, I am uh, all influencing, almost all influencing. And then I have a couple of strategic thinking and one relationship building themes in my top 10. I have no executing in my top 10. So that, yeah, take that for what you will. Yeah. And, and we'll cover on what that actually means because it doesn't mean that I'm bad at something. It's mm-hmm. actually not what it means. But um, but this is, again, a way to bucket in. So, Molly, you're, you're a strategic thinker. And let's just use an example. Let me just give you right now because it feels like the right time. Uh, an example of where you would, we'd use this if we were on a team together, maybe a sports team or a, cor- um, a work team. Hey, we've got Molly. We know she is a tremendous strategic thinker. Mm. We've got Jason, who is a high influencing. We're running a project with four people. Molly, we want you visioning. 
Jason, we want you out selling this to the, to the organization. Um, you know, we're like, we're likely going to need somebody who's going to, who's really going to be good in some of the executing themes yeah. and likely um, somebody, maybe somebody else in the relationship building. So it's like the idea, it's just like the rest of these piecing it all together to create more productive and coherent teams. Yeah. So I think one of the pressures in our culture right now, um, because I do sense we have some toxicness around personal growth. And what I mean by that is this idea that we should all be so well-rounded and we should all be so good at everything. And from my perspective, in most of my work, that means we get really good at being average at everything. And I think there's a lot, I, I do, I just think we that's how we sell personal growth is like try to get really good at everything, which just means we're average at everything. We're not great at anything. So as you look at this list of 34, I think without a facilitator taking me through this, I might look at this and say like, gosh, I have so much work to do. Like I, I've got to get better at these other themes when really I think the healthy thing is to put myself in environments where my strategic thinking is celebrated. So what's your kind of response to that idea that we need to be good at all of this or average at all of this versus celebrating those things that are in our top five or top 10. Yep. You're such a good, you're such a good um, co-host Molly, because it's almost like I can now share something that's specifically like the base, like the basic premise of this assessment mm. is that your top 10 is all you really need to succeed. Okay. Really. Yes, there's 34. Arguably, you could work on them. And they're all, you can grow. I, I'm a big believer. You can really grow anything. But mm -hmm. the truth is, if I'm looking to grow my number 25 or number 26 in a big way, it's going to be painful. I'm not going to enjoy it. It's going to take me longer. Versus what um, the premise of Clifton Strengths is your top five are your superpowers. They're the, they're the things that you can access at any time. So for you, like mm -hmm. intellection. I want to go into thinking mode. Like that is probably, that is the fun place for you. We've talked about yes. this from other assessments. Yes. This is the thing that is so natural for you. It requires almost no effort. And it's also the thing you can think of your top five as the thing that other people say like, God, Molly, how do you do that? It seems mm. so like, how do you do that thing? Like, yeah. Um, and you know, for example, maximizer is my number four. So this is one we actually share. So maximizer means that you um, see um, something and you take it from good to great. Like you have a natural mm -hmm. intuition into taking mm -hmm. things from good to great. So you probably see that you probably, my guess, Molly, is you hear this a lot. Um, oh my God, Molly, like, how do you see the whole, like, I'm going to use playing field or like, you seem to see the whole court or the whole field. How do you see all these things? I'm just not seeing it. I, I don't, see the, these, these are blind spots for me. That is probably what you get reflected to you a lot. A lot. And it's probably not much work for you. Uh-uh. No, it's no. Like, to me, it's like watching a movie. Like the movie is right. just playing. I just, just look at the screen. There it is. Yeah. All right. right. What's your 34? <laughs> woo. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes. I knew this. Um, yes. So woo is the stand. It's not woo like woo woo. It's winning others over. Yeah. It probably feels like a lot of work for you. Oh Miss, my gosh. Miss introvert. Yeah. It's, it's like, you're like, no. It's exhausting. Right. It's so exhausting. for, so if you were my client and you're like, Oh my God, Jason, I just got my report. I really want to work on my woo. That would be a miserable experience for both of us. Right. Yeah. Right. 
Well, you'd probably yeah. be thinking, you'd probably be thinking about it the whole time, how to improve on your woo using your superpower and be like, well, it's not really a thinking thing. So <laughs> like, what's yeah, the strategy? It- It's interesting to me how you're describing this because uh, when I was still coaching at the college level, we would often talk to our athletes about, we want you to stay in your strength as an athlete. And so soccer was my sport. And I remember one year we were talking with all of our field players of like, look, when you go home this summer, you've got to work on stuff with the ball at your feet. Like we've just got to be better with the ball at our feet. We want to keep the ball, be better, be better. And we give them all this stuff to work on. And our goalkeeper came in the office and she's like, coach, I just want you to know, I'm, I know I'm not good with the ball at my feet. I'm, I'm committing. I don't remember what she said, something like two hours a day to working at it. And I said, time out. Yeah. We don't need you to be right. good with the ball at your feet. We need you to be good with the ball in your hands. And she's like, no, no coach. I'm a soccer player. I should do what everyone else does. And I'm like, no, you're actually making the team worse totally. by doing that because now you're stuff with your hands is not going to be very good. Great. The ball's at your feet. You just, you just got average at both of those things, but I don't get this. I just don't hear a lot of people talking that way. Right. And I think this is where, where it comes up and this, we have not talked about this, but these end of the year assessments (laughs) where we're going to rank your skill set in so many corporate environments, rarely do we celebrate Rarely do we say to people, just go do these five things. Just go do those. This is where you're so good. Most right. of the time, those assessments are going to measure all 34. And someone in HR is going to come to me and say, Molly, we need you to work on winning others over. You ranked really low on that. And I don't want to do that. Like, I want to go take a nap just thinking about needing to work on that. So I love that this is an assessment that really is helping people to stay in their lane to be energized by what they're good at, to focus on what they're good at and, and let some of the other stuff go. Yeah. Um, so one of the cool concepts of this too, and there, there's all sorts of fun ways that you look at this with clients. Um, for example, take two of your top 10, combine them together. What does that give you? Mm. So that's a fun, like that's a superpower, but I want to um, take you through a, a mini model of this right now. What's your like 30 through 34? So you have Wood number 34. What's your, yeah, 30 through 34? Uh, harmony, uh-huh. in, includer, context, restorative, woo. Oh, we actually share two things in our bottom 30. Really? Context and harmony. Yeah. We don't care about getting along with people. We don't care about the past. Okay. Can, can you explain those two words to me, context and harmony? Like yeah. how, what do they mean in this context? Yep. <laughs> context. And this, what does context mean in this context? Yeah. Context in this. And I'm just, I'm just going to read it off the report. Okay. People exceptionally talented in the context theme enjoy thinking about the past. They enjoy the present by researching its history. I could care almost nothing mm. for the past. Done. Done. Let's go. Right. Let's like, go. Right. Exactly. And then harmony People exceptionally talented in the harmony theme look for consensus. They don't enjoy conflict. Rather, they seek areas of agreement. Of agreement. Hmm. So the reason I ask you about this hmm. is because one of the things you do work on, because yeah, like, you know, at the end of the day, there's times you need to look at the past and there are times that you really want to build consensus. So you take a look at Molly's top 10 or even your top five. How do you manage your bottom using your strengths? So for example, Mm -hmm. 
for you, the superpower of intellection, you can probably think your way into all of this stuff yeah. is my guess. Yeah. So especially like harmony, like, and a lot of these, and remember just to be clear again, the strength of harmony, if it's in like your top five or top 10 means that that's a natural thing for you. You walk into a room and you build consensus. It is not a natural thing for you or I, right. But what you can do is you can think your way to it. So mm-hmm. use your intellection and your learner and you say, well, you, and this is probably how you actually do it is, well, let me think about this, this uh, management meeting I'm about to go into. And I really do want to build consensus because I want to make an ask for budget or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. You probably are very good at like strategizing around that, mm-hmm. thinking about it, learning what people want, but you don't, you, you're what this is telling me, you're not somebody who's going to walk in a room and lean into harmony, but you can use other strengths to do so. Yes. And that's, and that's why, again, the whole premise is you use your top 10 and you can use them to manage the rest of these as well. And just to be yeah. clear, 10 is also an arbitrary number, you know, 11 through, I think 11 through like arguably 11 through 20 Okay. are also things that you probably, depending on the con the context of the, um, of the situation, you probably have pretty good access to. Yeah. 20 through 34 are the things that are like, yeah, this is, this, this feels, it's a little mentally challenging yeah. for me, or it's, it's a draining for me to go to, to go and use those things. Yeah. And just like Myers-Briggs, just like this, just like Enneagram, we all have all these things, right? Like I'm low in developer, which is um, people that are high in developer is they're good at recognizing small wins. That's not something I'm very mm. good at or that comes naturally to me. I'm a, I like, a, and it's, it's actually the reverse of maximizer, <laughs> which is maximizers like, oh, let's take this thing. Let's take C, make it great. Yeah. Um, it doesn't mean that I don't know how to do that. It doesn't mean that it doesn't mean that I don't want to. It's just, it's just not the thing that I have as easy access to as right. the maximizer, for example. Right. Yeah. And I think you're, I think right now you're demonstrating a question that I wanted to ask, which was, I took this assessment years ago and it printed it out for me. And I thought, well, that's great. Look at that list. And it wasn't until a couple of years ago Actually, it's during COVID. So it's not been a couple of years ago. I had a facilitator volunteer to take me through this process. He is certified as well. And that for me is when all the light bulbs went off of like, oh, this is why I needed a facilitator to help me understand what this all means. So if I were to hire you, I've just taken this for the first time. How do you help me go through this list of 34? Why can't I just look at this list of 34 and figure it all out myself? So how, how do you, as a, <laughs> yeah, well, how, how do you help me understand the, the material, but how do you then help me understand how to apply that and what to do with that as well? Yeah. Well, this is perfect because Wu's my number one. So now I can just turn on the charm for you and let, let's see, let's see how this, how badly this goes. I'm going to, I'm going to, um, I'm going to stealthily appeal to your intellection here. Please do. Please do. No, um, in all seriousness. So there's a concept called name it, mm. claim it, mm-hmm. aim it. Isn't that clever? Mm-hmm. I did not invent this, but it, you know, it, it resonates. So the naming of it is you take the assessment and you have your strengths named. The next thing I would do with you as a client is, well, Molly, do you own Mm. The learner is in your top five. Is that something that resonates for you? Right. This, this is where the coaching comes in. Yeah. 
I've never heard a no because I like, you know, people answer these questions. And then the last question is arguably the most important. Well, Molly, what are you up to in your, what are you up to in your mm-hmm. business and your, in your life, whatever it is, how do you see where you could lean into your intellection mm-hmm. as you're growing mm-hmm. your business mm-hmm. and actually coach people through leaning into it? Because arguably, and I think this is something that you addressed earlier, I think as entrepreneurs, I think we are great at trying to use the things we're not good at yeah. to try and grow a business. Great at it because we're told that everybody, you know, always be selling. And like for me, that comes naturally. I'm an influencing themes. I was a former salesperson. That part comes easy for me, but the execution part isn't as easy. But I'm told as a solopreneur, I need to be able to do X, Y, Z, one, two, three, and do it all extremely well. And the truth is, I don't really have to. Mm -hmm. Again, you can um, you can partner with people. Mm -hmm. You can, you know, if you're on your own business and you have the cash flow, you can hire virtual assistants. Mm-hmm. And this is also a really good way to look at um, where you're investing in your business, whether it be solopreneur or not. And I'll just share this. And I, this, this goes into what you're asking me, I think. And if not, you can virtually kick me and I'll get me back on track. Um, you, when I make decisions on buying things or investing in things, I actually look at my strengths and see how it lends itself into that. Mm. So I am a huge, huge fan of 10xing your strengths and managing all the rest. Yeah. 10, 15, 20, like it's arbitrary. But um, so like if I'm looking at doing a new certification or if I'm looking at partnering with somebody, if there's something that I need to either spend time, money, or energy on, I will generally look at my strengths and go, does this make these strengths grow? Right. Is this a thing that's going to have me grow my strengths? Right. As opposed to spending money, and I'm talking about for personal development. Spending yeah. money on things that are not in my that are at the, near the bottom, and I generally won't spend money on it. So, for I'll just give you an example. <clears throat> um, restorative is my number twenty-eight. Restorative is a superpower. Where yeah, where's restorative for you? Thirty-three. Yes, we share this too. So, restorative. I'm just going to read it because it's um, at the end of the day, it's the it's a superpower of problem solving. Huh. People exceptionally talented in the restorative theme are adept at dealing with problems. They're good at figuring out what is wrong and resolving it. That is really interesting that that's so low for me. I'm going to need to put some thought into that. I know you will. (laughs) It'll be easy for you. Um, Where are you at with um, consistency? It's another executing theme. 22. Yes. That's my last one. That's my 34 people exceptionally talented in the consistency theme are keenly aware of the need to treat people the same. They crave stable routines and clear rules and procedures that everyone can follow. And I use that as an example, because when I'm pitched things like, Oh, lead generation, and we're going to generate, you know, a thousand leads and it's going to be through this automated system. I don't like that stuff. I don't, I don't like consistency. It's not only is it not a strength, it doesn't resonate with me. I don't want to be the person that's blasting on it. And we've talked a little bit about this on here. Right. So the idea is that you use this information and you can, you can use it for all sorts of things, but you can look at it. You know, we're talking about business. You can, you can look at this in, in a romantic relationship mm-hmm. um, in any, really any sort of partnership as a parent. Yeah. Like, what are the things that are hard for you as a parent? What are the things that easier or easier for you as a parent and lean into your strengths and ask your spouse to, you know, like your spouse is right. going to have different strengths than you and actually like teaming up together versus, you know, parenting is kind of like actually the best example. 
because as a parent, you can't really pay anybody. So you're expected to be good at all of it. Right. And, you know, like, oh, like kids need routine. Well, that's my number 34. Mm-hmm. So you, mm-hmm. I can assure you that my daughter yeah. does not have a perfect bedtime or yeah. perfect routine every night. Cause I just, it's something I resist slash I'm not good at. Um, and so, yeah, th- this is where you can use this information everywhere. So back to your question, you claim it and then you, you, and then you aim it. So mm-hmm. I would then ask you, Hey, like, and I know you happen to be working on your business right now and looking at some new business models, like, Hey, based on your top five, or maybe even the one, what's the thing, like, what would you do? What would you take from that? Yeah. The other thing that I'll generally do with clients to start is ask them, um, which of these top five are you most curious about? Hmm. Like, what's the one that it's like, oh yeah. So like, I guess I'll ask you that Molly, what's the, out of your top five, what's the one that you're that like immediately piques your curiosity? I would say connectedness. Yeah. That connectedness is a cool one. Connectedness is kind of the, um, people exceptionally talented connectedness um see how everything is connected it's kind of like the spiritual thing it's that is i'm telling you it's like have you ever seen the show um gosh it's a medical show with a a doctor who is on the autism spectrum anyway when he's talking they put kind of on the screen what is in his brain like how he sees all these body parts being connected i'm telling you that is how i see the world like, yeah, it's amazing. I can see it's like one of those trick shot games where you, you drop yeah. a ball in and it goes here, here, here. That is how I see the world. So that is, so I would say connectedness plus strategic thinking is a tremendous superpower mm. because it's like your, did you, did you watch the queen's gambit on Netflix? Yes. Yeah. It's like, you're playing chess. Yes. Ahead of me. You're, you're playing chess ahead of me. Yes. You're seeing how you're. So let me read you connectedness. People exceptionally talented in the connectedness theme have faith in the links among all things. They believe that there are few coincidences and that almost every event has meaning. That's my number 21. So it's Mm. there. I believe, you know, I believe in the things, but it's not the place I go. Yeah. Not the thing I go. Um, And I bring that up because the thing that people are most curious about is generally the thing that they can lean into. uh, It's the thing that they're probably not leaning into enough. Because, like, for example, using intellection, you're like, yep, I got it. Like, yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. You're like, yeah. When you saw your number one in intellection, you're probably like, yes. Like, yeah. that, that's a done deal. I don't need to, I don't need to spend 50 bucks or work with somebody yeah. to tell me that. Um, so that's one thing I'll do. And then another thing I'll, I'll ask people that's an interesting exercise is, and I'm going to ask you this too, Molly, is uh, of your top five, if you had to take away one, you had to remove one of your top five strengths and you got to replace it with anything else on the list. What would you take away and what would you replace it with? Because I have to take it away, not because I want to take it away. You have to take away one of your top five. You have to remove it as one of your strengths, top okay. five strengths, and you have to replace it with anything else in the list of 34. Okay. I'm going to say maximizer only because the other four I can't. I can't live without intellection, learner, connectedness, ideation. Yeah. I don't feel like I could function in the world. So I'll remove maximizer. I'm probably going to want to replace it though with strategic, which is my number seven. <laughs> All right, let's let's that's my number six, by the way, strategic's my number six. 
Um, let's, let's replace it with something that's not in your top 10. Okay. So I'm going to remove maximizer. Maybe I'll replace it with analytical. You're hilarious. Let's, let's just double down on all strategic things, right? You're, you're giving me, you're giving me, literally giving me a headache with the intellection plus analytical. Can we just go and do the thing already? <laughs> what is, um, what is analytical on your list? 17. Yeah. So, so the purpose of this exercise, as I use it, is um, to see what people think they're missing. Hmm. Because the next question is, well, Molly, you've got learner and you've got intellection and you've got ideation in your top five. How would you use those to increase your analytical strength? And then you can look at how do I bring these things up as opposed to, and so it goes back to the idea of like, there's nothing wrong with you in the way that you are. Mm-hmm. If you believe that these are the thing, if you believe this, this is your, you know, where you land. And instead, like, how do I use my intellection to develop my analytical? And I actually want to right. specify this because intellection and analytical sound the same, but they're actually not. So okay. I'm going to read these here. Um, analytical is people exceptionally talented in the analytical theme search for reasons and causes. They have the ability to think about all the factors that might affect the situation. I would say for you, the reason that's in 17 for you is because you're higher in connectedness and connectedness is a little bit more faith-based analytical is a little more, uh, what's the data behind it? I think okay. I'm, you know, I'm just, I'm okay. just doing this. And then intellection is people exceptionally talented in the election theme are characterized, characterized by their intellectual activity. They're introspective and appreciate intellectual discussions. Yep. So the output, so again, the output of intellection could be more analytical thinking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. So I want to, I want to share what one facilitator told me and then tie it in to what you had just said about letting your top five or top 10 kind of work for you. So I was talking, the facilitator that walked me through this, when we got to like the bottom four, he basically said, you need to outsource those things. It's like, just stop trying to do them. And I said to him, winning others over is last. I'm a solopreneur. I have to get clients. And yet when I have someone cold call me as a potential client, I have to take a nap afterwards. Like it takes so much energy from me to try to win them over. But what's interesting to me that I think kind of connected some dots there is, as I've told you, I'm using some new software now, which I have spent the last couple of weeks, like having those moments where I walk into the office at 8 a.m. in my sweatpants. And then I look up at the clock and it's two o'clock and I'm still in my sweatpants. And I think, oh my gosh, I've just been, I've been all in on this software. So energizing for me. I need to interrupt you for a minute. The time of COVID, isn't that everybody's work day though? Well, maybe, maybe, but like, I, I haven't, uh, I haven't showered. I'm just, but, but I'm totally in this flow state of I'm learning, I'm maximizing things. I see how all these systems are connected. Like I'm totally yeah. in my top five, but what's interesting is this software 
when used correctly, is going to allow me to win others over with much less effort. So I'm doing exactly what you said. I'm not outsourcing it to a person. I'm outsourcing it to a process, to software, to a system. But that system is super energizing to me because I get to do all of those things that are life-giving for me. So that, for me, as you shared, that was a total light bulb moment of that's exactly what I'm doing. I'm leaning into those top five to compensate for the thing that is dead last for me. That's right. Yeah. Um, And just to, you know, the winning others over, it doesn't mean that you don't win others over. It doesn't mean, you know, for you, your version of woo is likely um, learning more about, like for me as a top woo, I just like to meet people. Like, Mm. I mean, let me, since we're talking about woo, let me just read the description of woo. You love the challenge of meeting new people and winning them over. You drive satisfaction for breaking the ice and making connection with someone. That's my number one. That's true. I just like to meet people. I just like to talk to them. I don't have an agenda. I don't need to think about it. It's just super naturally easy for me. Yeah. For you, you probably win people others over, but you probably do it through more of a thoughtful process. Mm-hmm. Like learning more about, you probably like to learn. My my guess is, and you tell me if I'm way off here, my guess the way that you do woo is, when you connect with somebody first time, you have a lot of questions for them. A lot. A lot of questions. Lot. They're answering it. You probably got a nice system for tracking all this. You're thinking about yes. how can I relate to them? Yes. For me, I don't think about any of that stuff. I just go and I talk mm. to somebody. And I. And so my number three is self-assurance, hmm. which is, um, uh, I'm going to read it. You feel confident in your ability to take risk and manage your own life. You have an inner compass that gives you certainty in your decisions. So woo plus self-assurance for me is like, I have almost no fear of anybody. I just go and show up. I do my thing. If they don't like it, they don't like me. It's all going to be okay. Okay. So again, like this is an example where you can use the things that your superpowers that are easy for you to lean into, to bring your 34 into your top 10 is your, yeah. Cause you're interacting with clients. Yeah. Like you do need to win them over where they say yes to you, but you don't need to necessarily do it from this specific strength. You do it from other strengths. Right. Yeah, that's great. So we talked about this with Myers-Briggs and maybe with the Enneagram, that it's it's kind of your hardwiring, it's your psychological DNA, this doesn't really change. If I were to take this every 10 years, and I, I took it when I was 10 years old, and I take it till I'm 100, would we see any changes over time with these? How does that work with this assessment? Yes, um, you... I'm living proof. You can see changes. Um, mm-hmm. Mine changed my, I, I mentioned at the beginning competition was my number one when I was in sales, it's now my number nine. So okay. I think it's just like any other assessment you, I, this, I don't know this to be true, but I would assert that as you get older, you become, you land more where you're supposed to be just from like a self-actualization mm-hmm. thing, more right. knowing who you are caring less about other people, like just being more, you know, as you get in, you know, as you get into older, like as a parent or like you have success or not success, you learn a lot. And I think you start to land for all these assessments more where you're meant to be. Hmm. And yes, it can change. Right. So, um, it also depends on the context of what you're doing. Yeah. So if you're a sports coach, you probably want to hope that your competition is fairly high. Right. But if you're an athletic director Hmm. who's not Yes, you're involved with winning, but you're more involved with like the budgeting and like running. Right. Your, 
it may be something that you go, well, I am still competitive, but it is not a strength that I lean into. Yeah. And so when you've taken the assessment, the assessment is a moment in time, just like it is with all the rest of these. So yes, mm-hmm. it can change quite a bit. Um, okay. I, mine, I can speak, you know, I can speak personally, mine, I've had a few things move out. of. I think I was at one point, I was a learner, was my number three or four, it's now my 19. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think again, because my most natural strengths actually are what's on here now. I mean, now that I'm a certified coach, like I'll probably take this every year and just see what, see what yeah. shows up because it's good information. Yeah. Um, I wanted to actually, as we start to wrap up, I wanted to share with you, Molly, and with the audience, the list of 34. If we were all one person, I think it's really fascinating. Okay. And I want you to listen for where your top 10 land on this list. And then for anybody listening as well, who's taken okay. this. So I'm going to read these in order. And just to give you um, the methodology, because I know you're a learner. And how this is done, um, it's, uh, and at the time that this report was generated, it was 23.75 million people on um, assessments. And the way that this is done is this, the strength needs to show up in the top five. If it shows up in the top five, they count it. So they go, yes. And that's, so that's what this list is. And I'm going to read off the top, I'm going to read off the top five and, and just give you an observation before we go through 34. So these are the top five strengths five, not, not four, five. These are the top five strengths globally as of, I think, September of 2020. Number one is achiever. Achiever means that you have a superpower of seeing things through to completion. Mm -hmm. Number two is learner. Number three is responsibility. Number four is relator. And number five is strategic. And one of the things that's interesting about this and arguably any assessment is it's self-selecting. So who takes Clifton Strengths? Well, people like Molly and I who are in personal development work, um, people who work at companies that go, hey, you're going to take this thing. Right. And those are, and, and then people that, um, this, the assessment used to come with a book. So people that are readers, people that like to read about this stuff, which might be both of them. So if you look at the top five globally, Number one is achiever. The top five are the things that you get paid for in a corporate job. Mm. Finish the work you start, learn how to do new things, do it. Responsibility is do what you say you're going to do. Number four is relator is getting along with people. And number five is strategic thinking. What are the different ways that we can solve this issue or what are the different paths we can take? So I just found that interesting. Like if you look at the self-selection, but as I go down here, you're going to start to see where some of these are not high at all. So just to give you, an, and I'll, I'll give you a, a little bit more, a few more statistics when I go through these, but I'm gonna go through the rest of these. Okay. Number six is restorative. So that's problem solving. Number seven is harmony. So you and I are both statistically improbable there. Uh-huh. Number eight is input. Number nine is empathy. You got positivity, adaptability, individualization, developer, analytical, ideation, futuristic, arranger, communication, intellection. So intellection is like in the middle. It's Mm -hmm. probably, I I don't have the number. It's probably like 18 or 19. Maximizer, consistency, includer, connectedness. So that's another place you can look. You go, hey, Molly, connectedness is your number three. Statistically, that is not probable. Woo, deliberative, belief, competition, activator, focus, context, discipline, significance, command, self-assurance. So here's what's very, very interesting. Achiever, 
seven point almost seven point four million people have that in their top five. So that is almost not quite a third, but almost mm-hmm. a third of people have that in their top five. Self assurance, which is the bottom strength globally, hmm. a tiny bit more than a million. So you're talking about less than five percent hmm. of people in, who've taken this have that. And so if you look at some things like um, this is also really interesting too. Things like significance. Significance means that you you're, you have a superpower of um, doing work that you find meaningful. That is low. And command is the ability is is just what it sounds like. And where where's command for you? Fourteen. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. Um, so command, you could think of um, if we're talking about sports coaching, it's the coach who mm-hmm. like walks into the room and there is no doubt they're there. They don't have to say anything or do anything. And that is it. That's the second lowest strength globally. So what this tells you, and if when when I'm working with clients on this is, if you've got, if anybody is listening as well, if you've got some of these things that are low on this list that are high on yours. So for example, Mm -hmm. I do, I have a Mm -hmm. lot of mine are low. It makes you statistically improbable. Yeah. So like for example, for me, command is my number seven. Significant is my number eight. Communication, which is, on the lower side is my number two self-assurance, which is the lowest in the world is my number three. That's a fun place to also do some coaching is like, well, what are you going to do with that? Cause if, and it's, it's not to say that achiever isn't amazing, but if your achieving is in your top, top five, you're one out of every four people is going to have that versus right. like, Whoa, you've got some unicorn stuff going on here. You're less than 5% of the population. Where would you see that you could use that in your organization, mm-hmm. in your, in your, um, in your business with your family? that would really, that you could really lean into that's going to make, make a big difference. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Again, it's just leveraging people's uniqueness, leveraging their strengths, leveraging what gives them energy, because that's going to make them want to dive that much deeper into the thing that they've got to spend time on. makes total sense. Yeah. The the last thing I want to leave you with before we wrap up, um, or before I hand it back to you is, um, Clifton strengths is really great with teams too. Mm. And there's a few exercises you can do. The one that I like best is you have a grid and it's got all of the strengths and all of the, and the, all the strengths inside the themes. You actually mark down, let's say that there was you and I and 10 other people. We're going to do 12, 12 of us. You would write our name and then you would check off our top five. And then you can look at both. Mm-hmm. Oh, where, are we, what are our strongest themes? Oh, like we're really high in executing. Oh, do we have three or more? in any one thing like maximizer like we already know you and i are high in maximizer yeah we've got a third maximizer Ooh, we've got a superpower on this team of maximizer right. so you can actually look at this and say like where are we really 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 strong hmm. and then where are we where do we potentially have some gaps and then it's not that you would necessarily you don't use this as a hiring tool first of all it's not like a take clifton strengths and then we'll hire you or not hire you right. it's a hey like you know maybe we need to pull on somebody from the other team around this and also be like, hey, we got a lot of maximizers on this team. Like there could be some content- potential conflict because yes, we're going to do a lot of this great strategic work together. But at some point, one of these people needs to kind of be the person that's going to make mm-hmm. the decision. You see this on sports teams all the time, right? Like, um, so I just want to kind of leave with that too. This is not just for individuals. It's great. It's really cool to do with teams. And there's all sorts of really fun exercises you can do. Yeah, I, and I... I think for me, you know, when I look at my top 10, so heavily in strategic thinking, I only have one in execution, which is my number 10. 
So when I think about like the things that I've been asked to be a part of or serve on this committee or, you know, volunteer on this board, the ones that have given me the most life are the ones that say, we just, we just want your thinking like, Oh, okay. I'll sign up for that all day long. I struggle when it's like great thinking now go execute. Like, ah, I mean, I'll get stuff done. I do all my own business, but it takes a lot from me to do that. And so I I think what I hear you saying is when we can just be intentional about putting people in a position, in a spot, in an opportunity where they just get to use those superhero powers over and over and over again, the whole team gets better because now we're all doing the stuff that we're wired to do. So it makes makes total sense to me. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, Molly, thanks for the conversation today. And I want to give you uh, just a shout for being a great partner to do this. I like, it's kind of a fork since we're both strategic thinkers. It's a foregone conclusion. We're going to do something like this again before too long. Cause I had a blast. I did too. And I think, I, um, I, I think the audience hopefully had a great time watching us. So um, thank you for participating. Thank and you. it's been a really fun, it's only been three weeks, four sessions, three weeks. And um I don't know. That's what I, I want to thank you for being here. And I also wanted Thanks. to hand it back to you to see like any last words of wisdom wrap up for today and overall this four week series. You know, as I look back on this four week series, I, I think my encouragement to people would be, is there one of these assessments that to use your language, you're just curious about one that you feel drawn to because there are four great options for me as someone who's all about intellection and learning, I feel like I should do all of them as I have, <laughs> but pick one, pick one that you're interested yeah. in. But I would highly suggest to get a coach, to get a facilitator so that you can get the most out of that investment. I so often hear people say, well, I took the online version and there were three questions and it didn't tell me anything. Well, of course there were three Why? questions. It didn't, <laughs> it didn't tell you anything, but to make that investment in yourself to say, I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to pay for one hour for someone to help me see myself at a deeper level. And, and I think so much of coaching of facilitating is just holding up a mirror for someone else to see themselves. And, and yeah. that's why I think I needed a facilitator to, to make sense of, of these 34 things. Cause it was just a list to me. And so I think my encouragement to people was pick an assessment, but dive deep, like get, get somebody to help you walk through that process. If I can help with people, I'm glad to do that. I know that, that you're willing to do the same. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much, Molly. This has been great, Jason. Thanks for uh, being the tech support behind the scenes. Tech support. Yes. And thank you all for joining and attending and listening on the podcast. And um, we'll see you all again soon. More to come. 